The Giants went to the Bay and could not stop the 49ers. Big Blue lost 30-12 to and fall to 1-2 and on the season. The Post, Steve Serby, steps in for Paul Schwartz to co-host with me and Times as we react to the loss and what went wrong for the Giants. We're also joined by our former teammate, two-time Super Bowl Giants champion, wide receiver, and kick returner, Dominic Hickson. It's all coming up next on the post-game Blue Rush podcast from the New York Post. Welcome back to Blue Rush. It's our New York Giants podcast for the New York Post. I'm Brandon London. I'm joined by two-time Super Bowl champion, Giants kicker Lawrence Tynes. And filling in for Paul Schwartz, today we have the legendary longtime New York Post sports columnist. It's the great Steve Serby in the building. We also are going to be Joined in a bit by one of our teammates, two, another two-time Super Bowl champion, Dominic Hickson. But as you guys know, before we bring Hickson in, let's talk about this game. Fellas, the Giants lose to the 49ers 30-12 to all the way out in the Bay Area on a Thursday night. Another primetime loss. Uh, Serby, you're the guest right now. I can tell by the look on your face. You have a lot to say with that that grim that smile, go all in, man. What were your thoughts on this football game? Another primetime loss for the New York football giants. Well, the Giants are in a tier with everyone else, not named Cowboys, 49ers, or Eagles. It's a shame they don't play in the NFC North or the NFC South. So there's those three elite teams, and then in the NFC, there's everybody else. And the Giants, unfortunately for the Giants, belong with everyone else. The 49ers we saw last night are a mature program. They have swagger on both sides of the ball, specifically in the trenches where the Giants are still needing additional personnel. With all that preseason talk, all that offseason talk about how much speed they've added, well, when you don't have time for your quarterback to even consider targeting Darren Waller until late in the second quarter. What good is it? The 49ers, the Giants do not have a C.D. Lamb. They don't have a Debo Samuel or a Brandon Ayuk. Most importantly, right now they don't have an offensive line to hold up against a pass rush like the 49ers and the Cowboys. And speaking of pass rush, what's disappointing is Aziz Ojolari cannot stay on the field again. This forces Wink Martindale to just blitz at every turn to try to get pressure on the quarterback. Kayvon Thibodeau has one sack, got his first last night, but that they're going to need, they need another pass rusher if Aziz Ojolari cannot stay on the field. So I'm going to go, let's stay on the pass rush right now. Uh, Let's stay in the trenches. Let's get dirty, get real about this game. Uh, Wink Martindale, How do you think he called that game? Was that more on him or would you put this one on the actual players? I I thought Wink did what he had to do to try and win the game. The reality is, like Steve said, this, you know, the the false narrative of the Giants were going to be a top tier team in the NFC is just not true. They're just not at that level. They're in the group with everybody else. I thought Wink did what he had to do. Adjulari can't stay healthy. Kayvon's doing what he can do. 
the defensive line, for whatever reason, I don't understand this either, guys, is the whole Dexter Lawrence vanishing act. Like, why is he not playing? You know, you see he came out in the third quarter, first drive of the third quarter, and he's not in there. I don't understand. Maybe he's nursing something. I'm not sure. But again, I think Wink did what he had to do, guys. If you remember, there was some chances early to flip that game around real quick with some interceptions. We just didn't do it. They still don't have a turnover. They got one sack. I think they're learning by baptism by fire, these young corners. Of course, uh, Deontay's hurt right now, so we'll see where that goes. But I thought he did fine. 84% blitz. They had a chance. It was Guys, this game was 17-12 to 12 with about 10 minutes left in the third quarter. Almost could have been 17-14. So the problem is they just couldn't get off the field on third down. That's their big Achilles heel. It's been their Achilles heel. If you look back to last year, they weren't very good on third down. They're not very good at stopping the run. That's just a staple of Wink Martindale's defense. He's going to probably feel some heat this week to some extent, but I think he gave them a pretty good chance early on in this game to flip the script and and get some picks, but they just didn't make the plays. Agreed. This one's not on Wink. You know, as players, you're going to go back and watch this film, and you're going to realize that there were times – throughout the game to not only stop momentum, but create momentum. And that's on both sides. But since we're talking about the defense, let's stay there. Like you said, dropped interception uh, by Dory Jackson. George Kittle did a great job breaking that up. Uh, Deontay Banks had the dropped interception in the end zone. Wink was doing what he could do. Like you said, generating, uh, what did you say, 80-something percent pressure. He had <laughs> yeah. to because you're not be- – Or that was the blitz the rate, not, not necessarily the pressure rate. Okay, blitz, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Bl- thank you for uh, uh, clearing that up. But he had to because you don't have the luxury of rushing four or five like to get to a quarterback or put pressure on the quarterback like a San Francisco 49ers or a Dallas Cowboys. There were times where the Giants defense had a chance to stop the bleeding and create the bleeding. We're talking about that scoring drive where they go down and it's third and 13 twice. There's a third and 11 missed tackles. And I know the coach is probably yeah. Coach Dable's going to get some flack because they didn't practice hard throughout the week and that's what people are saying now football has gotten soft they're not practicing well there's a reason people want to go back to hard school football because guys are missing tackles guys are missing wide open tell the ref to put his fist up for fourth down type tackles to get the ball back for the offense so going forward i don't know what they do on on in practice when it comes to trying to generate uh, getting better at tackling. You're in the NFL. You should know how to tackle. But I, again, I think Wink Martindale did did what he was supposed to do and did what he had to do against a machine, a system. You have to be willing to tackle. And I'm not calling anybody out here, but these corners, they don't look like they want to make the tackle, if that makes sense. And there's a lot of it's on that outside. These guys have to know to play this game, you got to be physical. And right now, they're just not a very physical outfit in the secondary at all. Bunch of arm tackling. Uh, that was a huge, huge problem yesterday. I don't have the number of missed tackles. I'm sure that'll come out later today from all the Twitter GMs. We'll get a full breakdown, so we'll be able to see those. Brock Purdy, 310 yards passing in the air. Christian McCaffrey, over 100 total yards. Debo Samuel, six catches, I believe 127 yards. It's almost like you didn't. you saw a couple chunk plays, but it was more of like a rhythm that the San Francisco 49ers offense had. Uh, Serby, you're watching the game from the beat writer standpoint. You were off. You didn't have to write. You were a fan last night. But from a beat writer standpoint, give us a breakdown. What would you have wrote about from that game? What's the tale of the New York football giants right now? What's the storyline? Uh, I would uh, have written about Daniel Jones having 
very little chance to be Daniel Jones, to be the $40 million man when he's under duress the way he is and has been against those elite pass rushers uh, behind that makeshift offensive line. You know, no Andrew Thomas, even with Andrew Thomas, look, the Giants have faced Micah Parsons and Nick Bosa two of the first three weeks. And they don't have a Micah Parsons or a Nick Bosa because nobody does. So, and, and here's another thing about the Giants offense. We've talked about the defense plenty. You know, Mike Kafka and Brian Dable have had to integrate a bunch of new players, Darren Waller, Paris Campbell, even Wandale Robinson, who missed virtually all of last season. Whereas uh, Kyle Shanahan has that mature program with guys that have been in his system for two or three years and know the system inside and out and hit the ground running. And that's why I picked the 49ers to win the Super Bowl this year. And the Giants simply are not in that class. And Kafka is learning about his personnel as he goes, as is Daniel Jones. And he has very little chance with the offensive line being makeshift as it is and learning these new speed weapons at the same time. But it's week three, Serby. As a, as the players, we should be caught up to speed. You should, like Tom Coughlin used to say, know and know you know. You should know every intricacy of this of 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 the route tree of the route concept. And for the offensive line, isn't that kind of the same offensive line they had the second half against Arizona? Andrew Thomas was out. The concussion. The concu- uh, Bredenson was out with the concussion by then. You know what hey, I mean? Lemieux was a surprise start for me, only because he hasn't played since. I don't know when, guys. That was shocking to me that Glowinski was listed as did not play yesterday. So that was an interesting move. If I'm just guessing here, I don't know anything. I, I don't think Brian Dable and that staff thought they could win that game. If you think about how they called it, they try to keep everyone safe, right? Two, three-step drops. Daniel Jones was only sacked twice. And then this was interesting. Why, in a 40-point blowout, do you not take your quarterback out of the game and put a backup in? But then yesterday, you put Tyrod Taylor in. Right. Did anyone else put that together? Like you're not going to take them out of this rain soaked 40 point blowout, but you are going to take them out of this game against San Francisco. Ah, I don't know about I mean, I I didn't think they thought they could win, think they would win that game. I just it, it kind of how it was called. They were trying to keep people healthy and sure they got it close in the third, but I'm not saying they're not playing to win. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm just saying there were some things. You know, blitzing 80% of the time, that's just like, oh, let's just throw everything at them and see what we can do here. It wasn't, I don't know. But they are two of the best teams in the game they've lost to. So the sky is not falling for me. I'm still I'm still up on this team. And I get, I get everything. I get everything you're saying because on Twitter, they're going to be talking about this mm-hmm. on Twitter. Go ahead, Serby, and then we're going to let Dominic Hickson in. Yeah, I just wanted to add one thing. What When I watched the Giants against the Cowboys and against the 49ers, It reminded me of uh, Michael Spinks going up to test Mike Tyson. Now, I paid for that damn pay-per-view fight, which lasted a minute, and I'm still pissed off about it. But that's what it reminded me of, a step up in class, and they didn't belong in that class. There, there we go. We got boxing lessons with Serby on here. We, we're throwing it all at you guys on Blue Rush this morning. And now it's time to let into the into Blue Rush, into the podcast, two-time Super Bowl champ, Dominic Hickson, Hicks in the building. 
What's up, my guy? How's uh, how's that Florida living down there? Man, blessed down here, man. Blessed. Cannot complain. Not at all. All right, we're going to get your thoughts on uh on how to fish later on, but <laughs> right now we need we're we're fishing for answers when it comes to this New York Giant football team. Uh, another primetime loss to the 49ers last night. What were your thoughts on the game? Man, I mean, third down, you know, just third down inefficiency on offense, and then you know on defense just couldn't get off the field. A couple penalties, a couple third and longs. I mean, uh, you know, when Debo ended up catching that screen and taking, I think, for 15 yards. I mean. That's just a tough field to swallow, tough field, you know, to come back from. And, I mean, defense played well enough to win. And, uh, you know, one thing, uh, you know, Graham Gano, what a weapon. I mean, you get even relatively close to midfield and you got opportunity for three points. So, you know, that that's, a, you know, kind of headed in the right direction. But, yeah, it's just tough, man. Just third down uh, inefficiency on one end and, you know, not being able to get off field on the other. As a receiver – what do you think the Paris Campbells, the Jalen Hyatts, the Sterling Shepherds, the Darius Slaytons, what what are they feeling right now for Daniel Jones to go from throwing for 50 million yards in one half to only throwing for about 117, 130 something in a complete game? Like what's the receiver morale right now? Man, I'm sure, you know, a little frustrated, but, you know, at the same time having, you know, a couple banged up offensive linemen. Uh, you know, if you're talking about pushing the ball downfield, you need to be protected. And so you got your your franchise quarterback back there with, you know, some younger guys, you know, up front, you know, that, that against a really good defense, too. So, I mean, it's, by no means is it time to hit the panic button. Uh, but, you know, I mean, they, they're going to have to figure some things out. And, you know, one and two, you know, he's still got all their goals ahead of them. So the season's not over yet. But I'm sure there's a little frustration on both ends and they'll write the ship. You know, I mean, that's that's just kind of New York giant way. And, you know, grinding, you know, blue collar. And like I said, they'll write the ship. It's just a matter of time against a few things, right? Yeah. Yeah, Dominic, thanks for coming on. Uh, speaking of the 850, that's where uh, Graham Gano is from, too. So, uh, yeah, uh, Tate High. <laughs> yeah, Tate High, baby. Um, what What is your – you know, there's a lot of – you know, you're either on one side of the fence or the other. Do you like Daniel Jones? Would you like to play for Daniel Jones? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I would. Um I mean, just from what I can see as a fan, uh, and we'll hopefully get to see, see a game in person, but just his his uh, demeanor, you know, on the sideline, on the field, I mean, I, I feel like it's Eli-esque. You know, you don't know if he threw four touchdowns or four interceptions, and he keeps getting after it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely would. And, uh, you know, he runs a little faster than Eli, too, and that's why I thought maybe, uh, you know, last night, I thought, you know, he, he may be on his feet a little more running. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think you could play, and like I said, I think it was a – a good deal what the Giants did by locking them in, and now it's just trying to build everything around them and, you know, get it right. I was uh, wondering, Dominic, have you watched or seen Jalen Hyatt, the rookie? Yes, yes. So I saw some yeah, some things online. Yeah. Does he remind you of you in any way? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's uh, extremely deceptively fast. You know, you look at his times running, and you're like, man, he's really fast. You look him on the field, he's just gliding through, so – yeah, I mean, I, I do see a resemblance there. Yeah, of course, they didn't have – Daniel Jones had no time to even try to target him. And right. I don't know how many how many snaps did he play, but it certainly wasn't many. But we'll be hearing from Jalen Hyatt the way we used to hear from Dominic Hickson against, <laughs> against more manageable defenses. Yeah, I mean, and that's what was missed last night on offense, that chunk play, that big play, that explosive play to kind of – 
Again, I, I keep saying it. Uh, it's about creating and stopping momentum. A big play, and Hicks, you can kind of jump in on this. A big play not only gets the offense going, but it gets the defense going as well. And you see some of the tip balls that just go up in the air and they hit the ground. After a chunk play on offense or offensive score, those are usually things that go into your favor because mother, mother momentum is on your side. So what do you think the players were saying on the sideline when it came to, hey, someone needs to make a stop, someone needs to create momentum or stop momentum? Like, what do you think were going through their heads, the, the, the sideline, the conversations? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're absolutely right, uh, Brand. I mean, it's one of those deals where, hey, just throw the ball up and give your guy a chance. I remember uh, – Coach Gilbride and Coach Sean and, you know, and Gilbride Jr. Down. I mean, sometimes it was just like, hey, we're going to throw it up to you, just give you an opportunity to make a play. There's no, you know, no magic about it. You know, we're going to take three steps and let it ride and, uh, you know, just throw the ball up. So, again, that that's what was missing last night, just a big play, something that, you know, could get everyone hyped up. And it was just kind of, you know, and, again, I don't think it was to the second half till they started to push downfield you know, a couple plays and, but even the first play of the game, when they threw the goal ball down the left side, I'm like, well, here we go, you know, be aggressive, you know, go ahead and, you know, kind of start opening it up. And, uh, but after that, like I said, it kind of just, you know, just died off until they needed to, you know, come back at the end. Yeah. The, the time of possession was crazy. Two to one, the Giants only ran it 11 times. And of course you guys, you know, you have to run the ball to push the ball down the field. Dominic, I'm going to get off topic here and talk about your, your Pensacola living with the charter fishing boat, which I've had the privilege of going on with you and Unc. And how is Unc doing, by the way? Is man, he he's doing all – man, he just, re- he just retired, man. Did he? he uh, yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah. my buddy Dan, who was with me, obviously, and his kids that day, we talk about Unc all the time. <laughs> Unc, if you didn't have Unc, you might not have a business. But right. anyway, right. we'll definitely do that again. We talk about the fish we caught, the, the red snapper, the mingo. Man, it was such a great time. I'm doing a little uh, little sales job here for Dominic. If you're down in the Pensacola area, he did have a charter fishing boat. I'm not sure if it's still in business. But... <laughs> We're still doing some things for sure. Look me up, man. We'll have, we'll have a good time. Hey, real quick story, and then I'll stop talking. So he, when we were talking about cooking the fish, right, he he said he was telling us on the way back in, this is how you got to prepare it. This is how you got to put it in the foil, put the put the, uh, lemon pepper on it. And he goes, and then you cook it, and he goes, it's according to your texture. And me and Dan say that all the time. I say, how long are we cook it? He goes, according to your texture. So we we say that every time we see each other. And anyway, that was a good day. Really good day, although one of my boys was throwing up the whole time. That's awesome. Was not throwing up, but yeah. Yeah, close to it. <laughs> During your two Super Bowl runs, Hicks, did you ever go through any adversity? Well, obviously, I know about the first one. But I would like to have, talk about the adversity and pushing through and like, how much does this team resemble any of those teams? You know, I think every team is unique. Um, when I tell people about our Super Bowl runs, and I felt like our, our teams were were close, even off the field. You know, there's not a guy who you know I wouldn't go grab lunch with or hang out with, or you know, and and I don't know if they have that. Like I said, I'm we're gonna try to make it up this year to to see a game to kind of you know see what the sidelines like, see what the camaraderie is right uh, like. Because at the end of the day, I mean. Uh, if your friends off the field or, you know, at least acquaintances off the field, I think you'll play a lot harder for each other on the field. So, um, you know, I mean, just like times coming down and fishing and, you know, Brandon Jacobs, and ben, I mean, it is, it's uh, lifetime, you know, friends who, you know, you had the privilege of playing with. And so, uh, you know, like I said, the camaraderie, I think has a lot to do with it. So I'll be able to answer that a little better once we get up to see a game, but uh, you know, hopefully so. 
Dominic, I wanted to ask you two things quickly. Um, your seven, I think it was your 74-yard kickoff return, the last game of the regular season against the, against the undefeated Patriots. Tell me about that moment and what that win did for that team. And the other thing was I wanted to know if you had a favorite Lawrence Tynes story. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that, that kickoff return for me uh, – you know, as uh, B. Lund had uh, alluded to earlier, uh, I had been cut by the uh, Denver Broncos, you know, at the beginning of that season. Uh, Kevin Everett and I had that collision up in Buffalo. So that touchdown for me was just, I mean, it, it, words can't describe it. Uh, and how, how happy my teammates were for me and just a celebration with it. And uh, it really, you know, had me enjoying and loving football again. And like I said, it's just, it's a memory that'll last you know, that's literally imprinted. I mean, I could tell you where my family was and, you know, there's just a whole nine yards. So, yeah, that was, it was life-changing for me. It really was. And what did and that then, uh, what, what did that win do? What did that loss, 38-35, what did that do for that team? I just remember, uh, you know, going back into the locker room and, you know, Antonio Pierce and uh, Strahan and those guys and stuff, they said, man, when we see him again, we're going to end up beating him. And that was the immediate, you know, reaction, you know, from everybody and, uh, we just started to believe right then and there. And I also remember Brandon Jacobs got into it with Kelly Washington. Because remember at the old Meadowlands, we, we, we both teams went through That's the it, same yeah. tunnel. And Jacobs was like, we're going to see them boys again. We're going to beat them boys. And Kelly Washington said something to him. And then it was kind of not like a full scuffle or anything, but it was like a little right. melee in, in that tunnel. And then I think that I saw something different. You know, I saw something different in the way we turned it up and the way we practiced. We turned it up. And just like you said, guys coming together and stuff like that. So that was absolutely awesome as well. Hicks has a story about me, apparently. I saw him oh, laugh yeah, earlier. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, uh, come on. Well, um, so my my probably fondest memory, uh, we were at Green Bay during the playoffs. And I remember Times was sitting in front of me uh on the on the flight there and we were just talking you know just chit-chatting and so after the game you know times just kicks the game winning field goal the whole nine yards i thought they was going to uh, upgrade them to first class you know and i remember he had the ball with them <laughs> and he had the ball with them uh you know sitting there on a flight back home and i remember just you know times you know we again just having that 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 conversation of you know what just happened and i asked him i said man you know them them other two times, man, well, you know, what were, what was going through your head? And times like, man, they had to ran me out of town. I'd have had to go get another flight if I didn't make the last one. So, you know, just joking about it. But, yeah, that's my 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 fond memory of OLT, man. Yeah, yeah. That's the mentality I kept. But I remember, Steve, and that's a great question. I remember the roar in the Meadowlands when he returned that kickoff. Like, I, I can still hear it. It was a piercing New York Meadowlands roar that I will never forget. If you go back and watch it, go turn the volume up. It's um pretty special time. I remember you coming in from from the Broncos and right away, man, like you you picked up the playbook right away. You were guy guys kind of drew to your energy and like you just smart, tough, dude. dependable. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And <laughs> what they're trying to build right now. <laughs> Could do everything. Cover kicks, return kickoffs. Play receiver, smart, tough, dependable. Well, who's that young lady you got on your lap? So this is my daughter, Samira. How how old are you, Samira? Three and a half. Wow. Three and a half. Wow. Very smart. What's it like having um, a famous daddy like you have? Uh. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. 
Are you a football fan? You like football? Who, who's your favorite team? Eagles. Oh, oh Lord, have mercy. Oh, oh, oh. Gotta, Things were going on really on well. Got to work wow. on the parenting there, Dominic. Got to work wow. on the yeah, look, Thank goodness. It's tough. It's tough out here. The whole internet, the whole deal, it's tough. It's tough. The Eagles. Yeah. Jalen Hurts wow. is making it, making it tough on me. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, a very likable young man. <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, she That's uh, funny. You know, she playing the five U soccer. I was telling B London the other day, man. I just uh we got a game tomorrow. We were coaching yesterday and yeah, good times. Coach Hicks. Coach Hicks. Hey man, um, I wanna definitely you gotta get up here for a game, man. Um I'll I'll connect with you offline um on on getting you up here and stuff like that. Would love to see you up here. And uh thanks for hopping on with us. Thanks for being such yeah, a great it. teammate and uh just overall great dude in life, man. Keep crushing life. Hey, I appreciate y'all, man. Appreciate the invite. McBriar hits a booming punt from just outside the 20. It's Hickson. Good coverage downfield. Hickson breaks out of it. Still going. Still going for the touchdown. There are no flags. A 79-yard return. And that's our cheerio to episode 152. Lots of shows of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Andrew Harps for producing the show. Lawrence, we have a little bit of a break here. No Giants football on Sunday. What are you going to ever do this weekend? Are you going to watch more football or are you going to take a break from the bloody Giants? Oh, I love the football. Could have probably drank lots of tea and lemon water. Keep the vocal cords fresh for our next episodes. Please subscribe to Blue Rush on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Watch full episodes by subscribing to the New York Post Sports YouTube page. A little tongue twister there. Just follow the Blue Rush playlist. Give us a wee thumbs up and comment below. How do you feel now about this Giants football team? For Brandon London, Steve Serby, Dominic Hickson, lots of people in the house today. I'm Lauren Steins. We're returned for our Blue Rush preview podcast Thursday as we look towards the Giants Monday night football matchup against those bloody Seahawks. Thanks for listening to Blue Rush, folks. Cheerio! Cheerio!